Hi, everybody. Welcome to a new week, a new edition of Houston Sports Weekly, our weekly podcast on ClickToHouston.com and KPRC2+. I've lost track how many we've done, but uh, we're getting close to probably a year of these podcasts. Randy McAvoy, Ari Alexander uh, with you on this week's edition. Thanks for uh, listening or maybe you're, you're watching as well. You have that option as well. And We're going to talk Astros in this first segment and Texans coming up on the uh, back half of the podcast. Let's begin with Texans or with the Astros, I should say, Ari. And tell you what, you're looking at things it's slow out of the gates, just like we've seen the last couple of years. Is, is there is it time to panic yet? Or are we okay right now? I wouldn't say necessarily time to panic. And we're going to talk about some of the issues with the offense and some of the injuries that they have on that side. I would say if you're an Astros fan who watches a lot of these games, if not every game, it is reasonable to start panicking about Jose Abreu because there's some underlying yeah. stats that don't look good on the pitching side. There are issues here, and it's because of injuries. Luis Garcia is out. Jose Arquiti uh, is out. Lance McCullers is on his way back, hopefully soon. But I talked about all offseason. You probably needed to sign one more veteran. I brought up the name Anibal Sanchez because there are three guys left at the end of free agency that were cheap. And we're kind of that back end. It was Chris Archer, Dylan Bundy, Anibal Sanchez. Mm-hmm. The Mets signed Bundy. He's been terrible in AAA so far. But the idea of having him as a backup backup is good. Archer still unsigned. Anibal Sanchez still unsigned. And now the Astros are just like plumbing the depth of the They're AAA team. They're going to have to make a move eventually. Because you can't count on... I mean, McCullers put on Instagram uh, yesterday, earlier in the week, I should say. He was thrown from a bullpen. On a mound, so that was good. good. It was a real quick, brief video, so we don't know how much he threw. That's a good sign, but, I mean, I'm looking at it like, man, if it's on track, maybe mid-late June, maybe into July before we see McCullers. Well, it's not even about just him. So you went into the season with six full-time good starters, right? Yeah. You're already down three of them. So now what are you going to do for four and five? Brandon Belak is already up. So Brandon Belak, mm-hmm. who really is not a good major league starter, is your number four guy. And then you still have to find a number five guy at the moment, which is any one of, like, Sean Dubin, no major league experience, is probably profiles as a bullpen guy. J.P. France, probably better profiles as a bullpen guy, but has been pretty solid in AAA. And then Forrest, Forrest Whitley, Whitley. Yep. who has not been pitching well in AAA. <laughs> and do you want to option him up and down? How much do you care about the minor league options with him? This is a dire situation when it comes to the pitching staff. Absolutely. Um, definitely a big concern. I think Dusty would have liked to see another arm in the offseason brought on. He brought it up, yeah. And uh, he said, we didn't have a GM on board, so right. things weren't done. So uh, you, you can't blame Dusty for that. Hey, uh, earlier this week, uh, uh, Jose Altuve uh, spoke for the first time. He'd been quiet since spring when he uh, left for the World Baseball Classic and fractured his thumb, had surgery. Hadn't said a word until earlier this week. Uh, we're going to listen in now to some of the conversation with Altuve. Then we'll react to that before we get to Michael Brantley. Let's listen in now to Jose Altuve from Minute Park. What are you doing these days? What are you cleared to do? Uh, running, ground balls, some uh, workouts on the weight room, and grabbing, like, see how I feel with the bat. Jose, how important was yesterday when you field, fielded ground balls for the first time? Good. And uh, obviously not ground balls in a long time. Did it yesterday, did it today again. Today was even better. So feeling really happy about it. Jose, have you been cleared to swing yet? Uh, I think they're, you know, we're going to swing when the right time. You know, even though I'm feeling really good, you know, you have to wait, you know, some days. And like, I think today is six weeks. So hopefully soon. When she asked, 
We keep hearing you're ahead of schedule. Do you think you're ahead of schedule? And just what is sort of the, the schedule at this point? You uh, so, you know, I think uh, right now it's hard to tell. Uh, you know, anything is, you know, possible. So working really hard, obviously, you know, I want to come back and, and help these guys to win. And But we'll see. I think the next two weeks are really important on my rehab. I know your whole career you haven't even wanted to ever miss one game. So how difficult has it been for you to miss, miss so many this year with this injury? No, obviously really hard, something that I didn't plan on it. But uh, things that happen that you can't really do anything about it. Uh, just, you know, obviously got surgery, really working hard every day with uh, Jeremiah and try to come back to the field as quick as I can. And, but in the meantime, just keep watching these guys play amazing baseball like they're doing. So you don't, have a you don't have a timetable in your head of like, like a date you're thinking you could come back by? No, but, uh, you know, like I said, anything's possible. I'm working really hard and believe me that I'm waking up every day and coming here to do everything I really can to come back as soon as, as possible. What have you thought about what Mauricio's done? Amazing, you know, I'm really, you know, happy and proud. He deserves it. He's a great kid. He shows up every day and, uh, you know, wanted to play. You know, he he really wants to go out there and play to, you know, he's a team player and, you know, he's just playing amazing. I really love the way he's playing and he's going to keep doing that. I know he's going to have a great, uh, great, you know, season and go from there. Jose, how is your grip? You're talking about, you know, how, how strong do you feel your grip is right now? Yeah, no, I feel really good. I'm strong, you know, uh, that's, you know, being grabbing a bat and feels really good. Are you able to throw right now? Yeah, I did throw and it's good. What's been the most difficult part of your rehab and, and like getting getting back to even this point so far? Just waiting, you know, that's a, obviously when the time, the game time, uh, and I have to sit there. Even though, like I said, they're playing amazing baseball and Mauricio, you know, have all my support and he's playing the way he's playing and really happy for him. It's really hard just to be sitting out there for so many games. What'd you think when Mark Wahlberg said he wanted to donate a thumb to you? <laughs> That's funny. I love I love him. You know, he came. We we took a picture and we talked a little bit. He's a great guy. You know, I'm a big fan of him. So. Speaking of being fans of people, you got to meet Little Wayne yesterday. How was that? Yeah, good. I mean, he's. Uh, I was. Uh, I am a big fan of him as well. I know a lot of his sons, and happy that he came and we could, you know, share. A little moment. He gave me a hug, which I was really surprised that he recognized me. So, you know, was really happy. You touched on it a little. How tough is it being patient and waiting? No, it's tough. You know, like I said, I've never been uh, out of the game for that much time. But you know, just like I said, just trying to do everything I can to support these guys and and to come back to game anytime. You know, soon. Jose, you know, a lot of people say, well. It's they won a World Series. It's going to be tough to get back to, to that point. You've had injuries with this team. You've had different things happen. What is the outlook of this team from your perspective? You, you've seen what's going on here. No, it's looking good. You know, we have great players. You know, obviously, all around the clubhouse, you see, you know, players that wants to win, like I said, every day. Uh, you know, I know we won last year, and it was amazing. Uh, but, you know, this is a new year, and we really want to, to do it again. All right, Jose Altuve meeting with the media at uh, Minute Maid Park. Spoke for four or five minutes, just kind of briefing everybody on where he stood right now. And, you know, if he can stay 
on pace here. I think you're looking at maybe late month, but into June, he's going to start making uh, rehab uh, appearances either with Sugarland. I don't know if he'll incorporate Corpus Christi or not, but it's going to take a little while longer to get him ready. Yeah, I think, I mean, earliest we're looking at is late May for him to play for the Astros. Probably early June, mid-June is a more realistic timeline, but there's a few guys right now that are down. Chas McCormick is in Corpus Christi right now rehabbing. Right. He's got a, a handful of rehab games. The Astros have been lucky that you you lose Jose Altuve, who's obviously you know an MVP candidate every year, mm-hmm. and Mauricio Dubon has stepped up and has been really solid in Man, his place. What a great story he's been. He's not nearly as good as Altuve, but he's played very well. And then when you start getting those guys back, you get a little bit of a roster crunch because right now they got three catchers. You have David Hensley, who's expected to kind of be that that utility guy. He hasn't been hitting. So who yeah. do you end up sending down to AAA when? Because you're going to get. We, we're going to talk about Brantley here shortly. Brantley's back soon. He's already doing his rehab games. He might take a little bit because they might restart the 20 day clock. Yeah. You have Altuve probably back in about a month from now, and then you have Chaz is back in you know a couple weeks. Probably Ryland Bannon is going to be the first guy out. But then after that, guys that we've seen all season, mm-hmm. Corey Jokes I think has earned his spot. Yeah, Might I think be you've got to keep him. Cesar Salazar and David Hensley, uh, two of my favorite guys personally on the team, I think they might be in danger of getting sent yeah, down. I think the, when you're looking at guys that have to go down, it may be one of them. Uh, Michael Brantley, you just mentioned, uh, we're taping this on Thursday ahead of the Friday drop for the podcast, uh, did not play Thursday. So he's played seven games. I'm not sure how many at-bats he's got in, but he's hitting 316. Seven or eight RBIs. Says he's feeling good. I mean, he looks good. The limited video I've seen. Looks like he's ready to roll here. Yeah, I mean, he was not a need for the Astros this offseason. It was more of a want for multiple reasons. One, yeah. he's he's obviously a good player and a good hitter. He's an excellent clubhouse guy. A lot of those guys respect him, and he's just someone that you want during that playoff run. So they, they could afford not having him for the first month, month and a half, two months of the season. When he comes back, it just makes that lineup deeper. So when you look at some of the guys who have been struggling, like Jeremy Pena is not hitting to his potential. Alex Bregman is down a bit. Jose Abreu, right. obviously. It just lengthened that lineup, and then guys are going to start seeing better pitches to hit when Altuve and Brantley is back, and then now it's suddenly like one through seven, there's not a whole lot of guys you can pitch to. Speaking of Brantley, uh, he has uh, been with the Space Cowboys uh, this, the, during the week. He was in Albuquerque getting a few games in with the guys. Uh, he met with the media there in Albuquerque. We're going to run some of that interview. He kind of updates everybody on how he's feeling and maybe his road to return to the big leagues. Listening now to Michael Brantley from Al- Albuquerque. Michael, I'll start. There was an amusing moment from yesterday's game, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you had a check swing. The umpire said you did not go around, but you asked for an appeal anyways. Do you want to kind of fill in some details about just like that moment and having some fun out there during that at bat? I just want to stay loose. Um, I thought there was an umpire over there. I'm used to there's an umpire down the third base line, but there wasn't at the time. So I, I was just, I don't know. I, I do it every now and then. Uh, at this point, I mean, the catcher was a point. The umpire's going to point, so I point too. I don't know why I do it. What does it feel like? I mean, how, how do you just get the health question out? I mean, how, how do you feel health-wise? I'm doing well. Uh, obviously building up and, you know, using this more as a spring training for me, but at the same time, uh, enjoying my time down here with these great guys and working hard. I'm, I'm just curious. Obviously, I don't know the timetable or anything, but it's just a personal goal for you to get back at a certain time, or is it just really just getting loose? And, you know what I'm saying? It's more dependent on feel for me. Um, I want to be healthy. I want to be to contribute at a high level once I go back. Um, you know, it's a lot of hard work from a lot of good people to get me to this point. And I'm very appreciative of even being here and having this opportunity. And uh, all is going well so far. Uh, big game tonight, so looking forward to playing again. I'm just curious from your perspective of how it is playing in the minors now, 
as to when you came up, you know, is it a lot different? Just kind of talk about that. Yeah, way different. Uh, way different. Uh, the food to the clubhouses to, you know, travel, uh, way different to what I experienced. Uh, I'm glad uh, a lot of good things have happened and, you know, grew from the time that I was in AAA, so all is well. They all got it easy now, is what you're saying. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to say those exact words, but yeah, it's a lot better. Um, what do you, I mean, in the clubhouse, when you're, when you're down and you're busy with these guys, just try and be one of the guys. Do you realize you're kind of in a little different position? Like, what do you try and do to acclimate with the team? I just try to be myself and uh, obviously be available as well. Uh, you know, being fortunate to play in the big leagues for a little while. Uh, any knowledge that I can help a teammate or any questions that uh, a guy might ask, I want to be available. So I talk to all my guys in there, uh, the pitching staff to the hitters. And, the, you know, just be me. And, uh, enjoy playing here with these guys. And uh, any way I can help, uh, I try my best. When you were coming up, was there someone on a rehab assignment or someone who you talked to and picked their brain and learned from where that had an impact on you? I talk to everybody. I'm not going to lie because I feel like in this game, you can still learn something. You can still grow. Uh, you still have a chance to get better every single day. Uh, the more you questions you ask and the more time you're around major leaguers or good players or guys that work hard, it just pushes yourself to be better. So I continue to do that every single day. And uh, anything I can do, like I said before, for my teammates, you know, I'm always willing to do. I know you're only here for a six-game stretch, but did you get a chance to talk to Alex Bregman? This is his hometown. Did he give you any, like, you know, Hey, go to this restaurant or anything like that. Yeah, you gave me a couple of uh, quick, our quick uh, hitters here and there, but at the same time, you know, obviously he offered everything under the rug for me, and I very much appreciate it. Uh, he's been a great teammate, a great friend, you know, ever since I got here. So uh, I got to see his dad yesterday. His dad came down. We got to talk before the game. So uh, I'm just very appreciative of his family and you know them reaching out to me while I was here. Surprise, there wasn't like an Alex Bregman statue outside. I'm sure there's somewhere. <laughs> I, I'm sure there's somewhere, but. Uh, at the same time, I mean, a remarkable player that's done a lot for this community and, you know, great human being. You have this reputation as a guy who can just wake up, roll out of bed, and get two hits, three hits, four hits in a game. Even when you've been off for a while, what is it that you've been able to do throughout your career to be able to maintain your swing no matter how long you're out? Yeah, just really understanding my swing. I think that's the biggest thing, especially for young hitters, is to understand your swing. And, you know, when it goes wrong, how can I get back to what makes it work? I do a lot of drills off the tee every single day. I do the same routine. I've been doing it for the past like 10 to 12 years. It's the same thing. It's repetition over and over and you know, with the consistent goal of just hitting line drives back to the middle. And once you do that, you start developing you know, a swing pattern, your thought pattern, and a feel. Uh, I think it's very important. It's something that we get away from kind of with all the technology that we have with exit velocity and launch angles and stuff like that. So I'm very old school in that way. But at the same time, I just kind of believe in who I am as a hitter. You mentioned the fact that this is kind of like spring training for you, but how how nice has it been to get those competitive juices flowing and spark a two-out rally and you know deliver a go-ahead RBI when we were in Reno and have some some moments where there's a little bit more than just this is just a spring training game. The score kind of doesn't matter. Yeah, it locks me in a little more. That's for sure. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I really want to obviously establish and work on some of the things that I like to work on in spring: staying inside the ball, working the other way early, you know, taking more pitches than I probably would in a regular game. But at the same time, when if you're competing at a high level, you always don't want to do that. So, uh, so I'm kind of trying to balance that out and uh, kind of each at bat. But at the same time, I'm feeling comfortable uh, in the box a little bit more each and every day, and that's the whole goal. All right, good to hear from uh, Brantley as he's staying healthy right now, contributing with the Space Cowboys. And, you know, there's talk that he could rejoin the club maybe on this road trip.
That would be good. That I would mean, be outstanding. They're you, Seattle, then what, Anaheim, I believe? Yeah, you yeah. bring him back, and he's got some positional versatility. Left field DH, not a whole lot, but it's something. And then he's also apparently been playing a little bit of first base yeah. as sort of a just-in-case. What if you know Jose Abreu needs a mental rest of, mm-hmm. of a couple days off to just figure out the mechanics of his swing in the yeah. cage and not in a game? And you can put... If you know David Hensley's been struggling at the plate, you can put Michael Brantley there at first base mm-hmm. and kind of hope that he's not going to butcher it. Yeah, he he did some of that at spring training and uh, limited, and I'm sure he's been doing a lot with Space Cowboys. But he's versatile. But that bat, he's just as they call it, he's a professional hitter. He's a really highly regarded with the way he has his approach in the box, and uh, seems like his timing's there, and he's feeling pretty confident. Uh, there with the Sugarland Space Cowboys. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, that's it for the Astros. Uh, when we come back, we'll dive into some Texans talk as well post draft, looking ahead to what's coming up with our local NFL squad when Houston Sports Weekly returns. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to Houston Sports Weekly, weekly uh, podcast here on KPRC2 and click2houston.com. First, 15 minutes or so we had a good chat there uh, just a few moments ago talking Astros and again where they stand right now on the injury front and uh, before we get to the Texans just one follow up on the Astros get your take Ari. Uh, a little bit more on the pitching you know this past week it was like back-to-back days they lost Arquiti with a shoulder discomfort right and then Luis Garcia with the elbow which one are you more concerned about I'm more concerned about Garcia I actually think I'm more concerned about Arkiti be- because okay. uh, he said he's going to be out a while, uh, quote unquote, and he's got a little bit more of the injury history. Yeah, and so I think Garcia, you hope it's not you know a serious thing, which is funny because we haven't heard anything. And he, I think he had an MRI a couple days yeah, ago. Yeah, we haven't heard anything as of now. But uh, I was just thinking elbow. You know, no, he of said course. nothing popped. But That's good. It didn't pop with McCullers either, and look where we are right now. That's what I'm just hoping it doesn't. But McCullers has a little bit more of the history. So yeah. where Garcia's been a little bit more durable over his career, Urquidy always kind of something pops up, and it mm-hmm. always feels like it's shoulder related with him. So if it's another shoulder thing too, I don't really like that. But the big thing is right now you're down to three of your regular starters. All they have are Fromber, Christian Javier, and uh, who am I missing? Hunter Brown, and so that's it. And then now you're just working guys that are not supposed to be pitching. Right. It start making starts for you. It's Brandon Belak, and I'm anticipating out of the three that they call up JP France just because he's got the best numbers mm-hmm. uh, in AAA, and he's a guy that I know has made starts for the big club in spring training. Yeah. But again, that's a guy that they messed around with. Hey, let's put this guy in the bullpen because he plays out of the bullpen a little better. Well, it's uh, not a great start for the Astros. Still, tons of baseball left, and uh, last as we mentioned at the top. Last couple of years, the Astros, two or three years actually, the Astros have not started off strong, and we all know kind of what happened uh, after that. They got it rolling, but a little bit different circumstances, I think, now when you've got some missing pieces. Verlander's gone. you got injuries you're dealing with right now. But you look at the standings right now, again, very early, still very much into it. I don't see the Rangers continuing this pace they're on, but... Yeah, I mean they they've gotten better. Yeah, I think the Rangers have gotten better, but I don't yeah. I don't think they're nearly as complete of a ball club. The Angels still yeah. have depth issues despite their, you know, superstars at the top of their team, but yeah. from a depth perspective, the Astros should run away with the division, but it's hard to do that when you have, you know, six, seven key players yeah. injured. It may not be that double digit 12-15 game Maybe not. <laughs> run away in the division, but Hopefully they will bounce back and get it rolling. Uh, I know Alex Bregman and the guys want to get those bats going as well. All right, we're going to spend uh, just a few minutes uh, before we wrap it up uh, today on the Houston Sports Weekly Podcast. We're going to talk some Texans, and uh, we talked a little bit last week as well. Uh, a nine-player draft class, Ari. 
one they they got pretty high marks when you look at all the the, the so-called experts out there there were not a lot of I don't think I saw a lot of A pluses but I saw some A minuses some B pluses but end of the day you won't know for a year on some of these guys maybe even a little longer on some other guys but I like the fact that Casario was aggressive didn't hold back made what eight trades I believe yeah and forty three and all in the there. draft which is a record Texas made eight of them so. Hey, they they were aggressive. They moved up from twelve to three. Gave up a little bit, but uh, they got two good ones. Yeah, I, I think I like that he went for it. You know, I, I think we've both criticized Nick Casario for for various things, deservedly so. Mm-hmm. Um, but he went for it. And when you're this franchise, knowing not only have you been bad for the past few years, but the interest is declining. Like there are some franchises that could have like a bad four year run. And the fan base is never going to leave them. The Steelers, the Packers, right. Niners, you know, those those kind of teams, the Raiders, whatever, those teams that have the big fan bases. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys will have bad years, and they're still the Cowboys. Still selling out, yeah. You go to, to a Texans game, third of the crowd is there. So mm-hmm. you need buzz. You need excitement. That causes desperation. So I think it, it caused some of the aggressiveness that they did to trade up for Will Anderson, mm-hmm. which really was more of a trade-up for C.J. Stroud because it took the Titans out of the running at three. Right. But now there's buzz. Now there's excitement. Even if they're not good this year, you have a, a rookie quarterback, a franchise-type rookie quarterback to watch. You still have young Derek Stingley to watch at quarterback. You have Will Anderson to watch. You have a local guy at receiver in Tank Dell. There's things mm-hmm. to watch and get excited about. And, and you mentioned D'Amico, just having the D'Amico of course, presence. yeah. Uh, he was such a fan favorite during his playing days here, and even though he left and has been away from the organization until now. I mean, the fans, uh, they remember what he meant and the style of play that he brought to the table every Sunday. He's a very likable guy. All you got to do is listen to one of his news conferences. He wants to win. He's competitive. And I think that is going to what, what, uh, latch the fans back onto the Texans. Fans that have said, hey, we've had enough. But now this might bring them back. And now will they fill every seat in the stadium? I don't know if it's going to get to that point immediately. But the D'Amico Ryan's presence is going to go a long way, I think, for this team. Well, being a sports fan is all about hope, the hope that your team can win whatever championship your league has, right? And pro sports is really good about this because no matter if you're a small club like Kansas City Royals 2015, great example, they don't have all the money in the world, but they put together a good team, they win the title. Mm -hmm. The NFL, the Bengals have been horrible forever. They draft Joe Burrow, suddenly they're good, and they're a real Super Bowl contender. College sports has gotten much harder to do that, but in pro sports, in the NFL, you get a few of the right guys, you get the right coach. Like the New York Giants were bad for years. They got Brian Dable, a coach, and so suddenly they're good. They have a playoff year. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I think the turnaround can be quick be in, in these pro sports leagues. Yep. You have that hope. You give fans hope that, like, maybe not this year, but we have a legitimate way of a path, a, a way that we can win the title mm-hmm. someday within the next four or five years. That's how you bring them back. Uh, next week, I believe, so what are we at, Mar- May 5th? I believe next Thursday. Uh, I don't know if the league's actually made it official. I saw that the schedules are going to come out, I believe, next Thursday. Is the schedule release uh, from the NFL? So we, we kind of know who the they're playing, release. but we're going to get dates and everything like that. Find out uh, when they're going to play some of these guys, home and away, and uh, that's going to be an exciting time as well. Then you start looking at it and seeing what the what the wins and losses are going to be. But um, no, I think if if they can be show that hey, added pieces, you know, we can be more competitive, you know, more legitimate team to watch. I think the fans are going to be a little bit more patient, especially in year one with the Mika. Well, they were competitive in a lot of games against good teams they last were. season. They were. I forgot what the count was, but like Cowboys, seven Chiefs. or ten points or less losses. It was like five of them. I yeah, and they played decent in a lot of these games against good teams. 
despite like not having a good roster and being boring and having Davis Mills at quarterback. So now you're a little bit more interesting as a team. The roster looks to be slightly better. There is a chance that they can make a little bit of noise, mostly because I don't have a whole lot of faith in the Titans and the Colts. All right, so we're going to find out the rookie minicamp. By the way, uh, the rookies are going to report this coming week. And I think the media's first chance, I don't know what day they start. but uh, The 12th, I think. Yeah, the media will be out there on the 12th. Maybe yeah. that's day one, I'm not sure. But uh, So we'll get our first look at these guys on the field. That'll be exciting to see Stroud tossing the ball around a little bit to tank down those guys. Veterans will work their way in. It'll segue into OTAs and mini camps, and then they'll break uh, coming up this summer. Of the draft class, we'll end it. we got about 90 seconds here. Of the draft class, one player you're most excited about. Um, seen develop or wherever you want to. I'll, I'm going to give you two just because like a, a highly drafted one and then a lower drafted one. Mm-hmm. So Xavier Hutchinson, the sixth round receiver they got out of Iowa State. Yes. I think he's just better than a sixth rounder. I thought that was a good value pick by them. Uh, overall, C.J. Stroud, because you needed yeah. to have a franchise quarterback as good as I think Will Anderson's going to be. All the buzz on most teams is surrounded around the franchise quarterback. So I think CJ is going to have a lot of weight on his shoulders of, of being the guy in a big city like this. Yeah. So he's the one I'm most excited to yeah, watch. Yeah, I'm excited about Stroud, obviously. And I we've talked on Sports Sunday. I wasn't like wild about any of these quarterbacks. Maybe they'll all three, all three or four will be great ones. I don't know. Uh, we're going to find out. Good. The, good, the cool thing is they're inside the AFC South. You got Richardson going yep. on Indy, Will Levis to Tennessee, Stroud. And, uh, and where Trevor, to, Lawrence yeah, Trevor Lawrence. Where did Hooker end up going? Uh, uh, Lions. He went to Lions. So. Yeah. But anyway, you got three inside the AFC South. So that's going to be fun to watch over the next uh, few years to see who kind of which quarterback develops the quickest and uh, can lead their team and uh, you know have success in the National Football League. We're going to find out. But uh, it's a good class. Uh, I'm following Stroud as well. I'm, I'm curious because he's local. Tank Dell. I want Tank Dell to do yeah. well. He's undersized uh, guy, the underdog. Yeah. You know. Yeah. The 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 uh the kid out of the I think lineman out of Notre Dame Jarrett uh Patterson Patterson uh, he's intriguing because he's versatile yeah went a little bit later so we'll see how he develops but uh that's what uh, after the draft time to evaluate these guys and see what kind of progress they can make uh, during camp but that's going to do it for this week's edition of uh, Houston Sports Weekly great to, to have you on board either listening or watching we'll do it each and every week of course here on click to Houston.com and KPRC two plus have a great weekend we will talk again next week i'm sure we'll be hitting on the new schedules that are out and all kinds of good stuff we'll keep you updated on the astros as well for r alexander i'm randy mcavoy so long for now we'll talk to you next week